0: Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews of CheesefrontheCouch.com. Just a reminder, today's show is brought to you in part by hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own of hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. And I know this is a this is a quick turnaround because last night was a late night edition of the podcast for Tuesday. So a uh, game is yet to be played tonight, but we got a couple things to talk about that I wanted to discuss. We're going to talk about who the Blue Jays might be targeting in the draft um, in the second half with the help of the article that Roy Widrig wrote for JaysFromTheCouch.com, which y'all might have read anyway. So you'll probably already know what we're talking about, We're get, but we're going to go in depth on it. And we are going to talk about the Blue Jays news from yesterday in regards to the roster and it should come as no surprise that Ryan Tapera has not looked right since coming back off the disabled list and it was pretty much admitted yesterday when the Blue Jays officially put Ryan Tapera on the 10-day injured list with a right elbow impingement, which does not sound good at all. Like, it, it's just a shade below tear, I guess, but you never want to be in a position where an impingement has to be used to describe a major joint in the arm. So, yeah, Tapera is back on the IL shortly after he came back and i again this this could be very easily seen like like when he was out there like he was not able to locate at all and his velocity was down especially on his sinker and and the sinker is like his huge like get out pitch it's how he gets his ground balls it's how it's how he makes his living and it was down from like 96, 95 last year, hovering around 94, which it it makes it basically his 4 scene fastball. And if there's no difference between those two pitches, it's very hard to fool batters. So, yeah, it it was clear there was nothing there. Like like his changeup was slower. Like like his breaking stuff was all right, but obviously for a guy like Tapera, who uses his heat. Not having it was clearly having an effect on his performance, as evidenced by the first game of that Boston series, where he just kept serving up meatballs to the likes of Jackie Bradley Jr., who was batting like 150 at the time. So what does it mean for Tapera? Well, it's it's again, it's not great news to have an impingement on there. As opposed to, you know, just a strain or anything like that. Um, But he's going to be meeting with a specialist in regards to this issue. And depending on how bad it looks, it could be surgery and it could be another Blue Jays pitcher that's done for the year. And I know that's not the best outcome for Blue Jays fans. But... It's it, it's necessary. Like you cannot keep r- running Ryan Tapera out there like that and just having him do more damage, especially if you're gonna be trying to do something with him like next year or something like that. Just trying to get value. So it's for the best that he gets taken out and and given a chance to rest, especially in a season like this. So, in Ryan Tabera's place, coming up is a guy that the Blue Jays actually recently claimed from Washington. So, you can essentially call this the player acquired for Javi Guerra since he went to the Nationals. Um, Jimmy Cordero is back with the Blue Jays. He actually started his career in the Blue Jays organization, was signed in 2012 out of the Dominican Republic. Was traded to Philadelphia in 2015 in the Ben Revere deal. So now both of them are back in the organization. And then went to Washington in November 2016. Was claimed off waivers last week, and will be up with the team now. Cordero's not been terribly effective in his brief major league career. He made 22 appearances last season for Washington. And had a 5.68 ERA um, in 22 appearances, pitched 19 innings. Um, it, the walks are an issue with him. Um, he had 12 walks against 12 strikeouts last season. But the reason why he was claimed, and this is going to be familiar to a lot of people, that fastball has some zip on it. He's got a fastball that can that can average 98. So has a chance to touch 99, touch 100. He does throw it with some sinking movement on it too. So he's similar to to Para in in what he banks on. Like he, he wants to get those ground balls. He's got a change up that it, that's hovering around 90. He mixes in a slider and a curve. The curve doesn't feature much, but yeah, he's he's got an arsenal. Blue Jays are very familiar with him, and he's going to get an opportunity to try and stake a claim for a late inning role. Now, is he going to do it? Can't be any more wild than Elvis Luciano. Let's just say that now. Like it, it's. I I don't want to call him the pitching version of Socrates Brito because I think he has a chance to be more effective. Uh, on the mound than Brito was with the bat but it it's a it's just another gamble that could potentially pay off it's a guy like i said the organization knows the organization likes if they can get any kind of results out of him that'll be a plus but he again he's got to show that he is going to be able to control his his stuff that's the big thing with him. He's like a more advanced version of Hector Perez, and it's like it it it's not like there's a lot to go off of from his stay in Buffalo, but he is eligible to go back to Buffalo. Like the Nationals lost him because they wanted to remove him off the forty man while he was playing in the minors and. You know, the Blue Jays just like, yeah, sure, let's take him. Um, So, wasn't great in Fresno, but no one's great in Fresno. So, you you don't sweat that. But, yeah, got the win in his only appearance in Buffalo. So, it'll be interesting to see. Will he be used today? I'm not sure Um, (laughs) if Aaron Sanchez can't go a solid six innings and probably Jimmy Cordero is going to see some action. But obviously you hope that he's going to be able to just, you know, come out, use the experience and try and reestablish himself as a major league pitcher. Cause that's all that the Blue Jays can really ask for nowadays is just get people out there who can do something. <laughs> That's that's the bar that we are looking for, for the Blue Jays. Just go do something that isn't terrible. So we'll talk about who the Blue Jays could be targeting for the future of not doing terrible things right after this break. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back. So let's put Ryan Tapara's bone spur behind us and look to the future because the future is more fun than the present. So, yeah, um, as, as I mentioned, um, Roy Woodrick came out with a draft preview sort of thing. Where he goes over the recent names linked to the Blue Jays in mock drafts. And it's probably not what Blue Jays fans think they're going to get. Um, I, I know it's not what I want the Blue Jays to get. So, um, according to Baseball America, um, there are some bats. That the Blue Jays are linked to. And <laughs> surprise, surprise, another shortstop is on the list. Um, the offers of Baseball America's latest mock draft have the Blue Jays linked with Bryson Stott. He's a shortstop for UNLV. And he's, he's a top college hitter. Um, but he's playing a position that is incredibly loaded. Right now for the Blue Jays. He's a lefty bat. So that would be nice. But there's just. It, it doesn't really. Strike me as a good idea. To draft. A, a guy who doesn't really. Fit in. Like. um, he's He's got like. Brandon Crawford vibes. Which I mean. We just saw Brandon Crawford. So we kind of know what you're getting there. But with people like Bo Bichette and Kevin Smith in the system, is there going to be a room for a Bryson Stott, or is he just going to be a piece used to acquire pitching? Because as we talked about yesterday on Jays from the Couch Radio, this is not a front office that likes to develop its own pitching. It likes to wait and see how other teams develop pitching and then go acquire them. So yeah, if you want to have Bryson Stott for that purpose, Sure, that'll work. Um, other names that were linked in the Baseball America mocks were Corbin Carroll, who's a outfielder out of Seattle. Um, who, if the Blue Jays took him at 10, would be the highest drafted Washington high schooler this century. Passing uh, such hallowed Blue Jays names, Reese McGuire and Travis Snyder. Which, I mean, that's such esteemed company to be in. Um, what, what I like about Carol, he's another, he's another lefty. Like, it looks like if the Blue Jays are going to go bat, they're going to go lefty bat. Because there aren't nearly as many lefty bats in the system. So, that's fine. carol has got speed. He knows where the strike zone is, and his bat is supposedly advanced for high school, but he is committed to UCLA right now. So that could be an instance where the Blue Jays just end up, you know, not cashing in on that and getting the compensation pick next year, which is another option for Brett Batty out of Austin, Texas. Um, he plays third base. He's another lefty bat. He's got a really good handle on offense, and he's been improving defensively, according to scouts. He's committed to Texas, but I, again, if if the Blue Jays want to do that, fine, stockpile the bats and, and trade them. Um, MLB Pipeline has given the Blue Jays Jackson Rutledge out of San Jacinto College. Um, they called Rutledge the best junior college prospect since Bryce Harper. Um, which I I guess that's saying something. Um, uh, Rutledge is huge. He has a low 90s fastball. Um, but he has above average sliders and curveballs going for him right now. So he's he's a student of the game. Um, he has a .93 ERA in 77 innings this season, which is second best in junior college, which is pretty good. Pretty good. Not going to lie. I like that. Um, so if the Blue Jays are looking to try and get players who could conceivably be in that window, then Rutledge is a guy who could make that work. Um Uh, Other names that Roy threw out are Alex Manoa, who's the West Virginia starter, has a 96-97 fastball and a slider that's really good. He does have some control issues, and if he's going to be a starter, he's probably going to need a third pitch. So that might be a little dicey. Then, if the Blue Jays do want to continue the trend of drafting kids of Major League Baseball players, then Jack Leiter is available. Um, He's committed to Vanderbilt, but um, he's got the pedigree of Al Leiter, who older Blue Jays fans are probably familiar with. And... The Blue Jays have shown the ability to be able to get guys to back out of their commitments to college. They did that with uh, Adam Kloffenstein last year. So they may have the ability to offer uh, a kid like Jack Leiter um, kind of what he needs to be convinced to skip college. And if they can do that, I mean, they get a, a kid who's already excelled on national stage. He's got a a mid-90s fastball And a Zito-like curve Goes 12-6 He's got a slider and a changeup as well That he's able to hide So he's going to be able to be deceptive As a starter And that's something you want In this day and age You need to be able to deceive In order to succeed So Lighters, Lighters, a nice name. Um MLB.com. This wasn't mentioned in Roy's piece, but they in their in their mock draft last year they gave the Blue Jays Zach Thompson, and Thompson may have fallen a little bit, but he's still a lefty arm with starter stuff. The fastball gets up to ninety-five, and I I would prefer to see him actually enter the Blue G- enter the Blue Jays organization. And just give them some lefty depth, because I, I think that's the biggest need in the organization, just having guys beside Ryan Barucki, who could conceivably be a left-handed starter to turn some guys around, or get some guys on the bench. Um, Nick Lodolo is another option. He's another left-handed starter. Um He was a second-round pick in 2016, but he went to Texas Christian. He's been a starter there. He also has that 95 fastball. He has a solid breaking ball. So he could be a guy who can conceivably be there for the Blue Jays. So, um, yeah, those are the kind of names I would be targeting. Um, We'll see what happens when the draft comes. And when the draft comes, like, that'll be – after I get back from Toronto. So we'll have full coverage of it here on Locked on Jays. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, whether it be on Himalaya, which, you know, will curate your podcast for you, which is pretty convenient. Um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss all that coverage. Follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. ac 18 n-e-o-a-c-1-8 i swear i can spell um follow the podcast at locked on jays on twitter instagram and facebook and enjoy the rest of the middle of the week i'm gonna finally try and watch the game of thrones finale so i can confidently go on twitter but yeah until tomorrow um for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at Locked <laughs> On, oh, I need to end this. For everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at Cheese from the Couch, I am somehow still Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode, and y'all take care.